You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Victorinox. Founded in Switzerland in 1884 and still owned and operated by the same family who invented the Swiss Army knife over 130 years ago, the classic red Swiss Army knife is still as functional as it was back then, but now you can browse hundreds of styles to fit your exact travel needs. From kitchen knives, watches, suitcases, backpacks, and more, all crafted with the same quality you'd expect from the knife that's been traveling with you for years. Victorinox makes such a wide range of trusted products that you'll be able to find the perfect companion for your next adventure. Visit victorinox.com and listeners save 15% using code WOMEN15. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-N-O-X.com and code WOMEN15 to save 15% now through December 31st. Some exclusions apply. A lot of times we're scared to like leave and make a change because of what other people were going to say, you know, whether that's friends or family or coworkers. And honestly, just turn inward because usually you know what's best for you. You know the answers. It's just really hard not to be swayed or feel like you're going to be judged by other people. I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived them firsthand. There are a lot of careers out there that enable travel, and one we've always loved the idea of is travel nursing. Helping others, getting to see new places, it's incredibly appealing to a lot of you out there and something we've wanted to cover on the show for a while now. But like any job or form of travel, there are always ways that what you see on the outside can get over-romanticized, and travel nursing is no exception. That's why we were so thankful to bring travel nurse M. Chang onto this episode to share with us some of the practical aspects of becoming a travel nurse and why she loves it so much, as well as addressing some of the biggest challenges associated with taking on this fast-paced career. As you'll hear, some of the best lessons M. has walked away with from her time on the road so far comes down to the importance of self-care, which is hard for all of us, even, and maybe especially, nurses. Emma's originally from New York before she moved out to the West Coast, where she's based currently in Seattle on assignment. She's been a nurse for the last four and a half years, and for the past year and a half of that, she's been travel nursing. And for those who are out there wondering, here's Em kicking things off by telling us what travel nursing even is to begin with. Travel nursing is a pathway of nursing where we're contracted for a short amount of time. It's usually around 13 weeks, and we're contracted all across the United States, even in U.S. territories like Guam. And it's just a great way to see a new place. There's lots of motives as to why someone would go into travel nursing, but yeah, we're basically a contracted nurse. What made you decide that you wanted to do travel nursing once you got into the field of nursing itself? I actually knew I wanted to be a travel nurse even before I graduated. I think I learned sometime in nursing school. I was in nursing school for two years. And after I learned that you can travel and be a nurse at the same time, I was like, well, those are my two passions. So if I could combine them in one, that's pretty much the dream. So (laughs) then I basically had that goal to be a travel nurse even before I graduated. I knew, you know, whatever specialty I went into 
that that was going to be like my light at the end of the tunnel was to do travel nursing so that I can move out of New York because I was born and raised there but I just couldn't see myself living there for forever so this was the perfect opportunity for me to go out explore and figure out where was going to be my forever home. I didn't know that you had your sights on travel nursing since that far back. Is it what you thought it was going to be? Yes and no. I feel like with social media and what you hear from people along the way, you think that travel nursing is this like super glamorous thing. And, you know, with Instagram, you see all these people going to amazing places internationally and, and domestically. And I feel like we don't talk as much about the struggles and challenges that come with travel nursing because moving every three months is really hard. And meeting new people is really hard, you know, finding community and all the other struggles. You feel like a new grad nurse every single assignment that you start. You don't know where anything is. Um, it takes you way longer to figure out how to do things. You have background knowledge, but to figure out, you know, how to work with providers and the other staff and the nurses, you know, you're starting from square one all over again, over and over again. So I feel like in that aspect, it's definitely not what I expected, but I also went into it with a really open mind and an open heart, knowing that I was going to professionally and personally grow so much, and that's definitely been probably my favorite thing about travel nursing, so yes and no. <laughs> that makes sense, and yeah, I'm really curious to ask you more about that, like getting acclimated to community and, and loneliness and all that in a little bit, because I know you have a lot of thoughts on that, and I think it pairs really well with a lot of the feelings that folks who do long-term or seasonal road travel also feel just because there is a lot of like feeling isolated but also getting to experience so much new stuff but I guess I'm curious to know a little bit more about where travel nursing has taken you so far and um, I guess yeah I have so many questions like do you get to choose your next location because you are on contract so what is all of that like how do you decide where you're gonna go is it decided for you and where have you been you have to first be part of an agency so the agency is basically the middleman between hospitals and facilities and then us travel nurses so you basically sign up with an agency or a company they're both the same and then you tell your recruiter your wish list. So you can say like, oh, I work in cardiac, I work with, you know, heart patients, and I want to work days, you give them like all these things that you would like, and then certain requirements as far as like, you can say like, oh, I don't want to make any more or less than this, I want to be in this state specifically, or this city, and then they will come back with you with whatever listings and availabilities for jobs there are, whether it fits your mold or some of your mold. And then depending on what's available, it's hard to predict the market. So sometimes Sometimes, for example, I wanted to go to Colorado for my first assignment and there were no jobs there. So, you know, you can't just wish for a job and there be a job. There has to actually be a reason why they need nurses. So I had to open up my mind to other places and I happened to get my California license and California is notoriously really, really hard and long to get their license. So I actually waited seven months to get that license and happened to get it. So I started looking at jobs there. And so I went straight from New York all the way to California for my first assignment. I guess like when I commit to something, I really commit to it. Em started her travel nursing career in Napa Valley. That was in June of 2018. And since then, has spent time there as well as San Francisco and now Seattle, where she finds herself presently. When Em first moved out to the West Coast, she took a plane because of time constraints. But on her trip up to Seattle from San Francisco, she had the opportunity to turn it into a road trip. 
I was dating someone at the time and so we road tripped up there and it was like a multi-day trip and we got to see Crater Lake. We went to Bend. We like went through um, Lake Shasta on the way up and it was just so incredible. We went to Portland and then Multnomah Falls and then went and shot up to Seattle. And I love the Pacific Northwest so much so it was a great way to see it rather than you know if you like flying somewhere for a weekend you only see a snapshot of it so I absolutely loved it. I love hearing that you really do feel endeared to these places because like you were saying, getting used to a new place regularly can be really taxing. And so I'm curious to hear from you what you've done to allow yourself to get to know new communities better as you move into them. I definitely feel like finding a community is the biggest challenge as a travel nurse because most of us are solo travelers and go to a new place without any friends and family. And that's really daunting when you get to a new city because your job is new, your place that you're living in is new, and now you have to find a new community. And so I feel like once you go into spaces where you find people with common interests and hobbies, such as for myself, I did CrossFit at my first assignment. And then for three assignments after that, I was going to new boxes and the CrossFit community is very close knit and tight. And then I just started climbing here in Seattle and the climbing community is humongous in the Pacific Northwest. So that's been another great way to find community and everyone's so down to earth and approachable. And then personally, I host travel nurse meetups, especially here in Seattle. There's a lot of travel nurses here, and we actually have one of the strongest communities in travel nursing and traveling healthcare providers here in Seattle that I've seen across the United States. So I feel like putting yourself out there is really key. And I, I know for myself, I'm actually half an introvert and half an extrovert. And so sometimes I don't want to put myself out there, but I do know that if I don't put myself out there and I'm feeling lonely, I'm going to just keep becoming lonely. <laughs> so I absolutely love the community just because everyone's so open-minded and like down to do whatever, anytime. And we're just like go-getters in life. So I feel like once I put it out there like, hey, does anyone want to do this hike or does anyone want to go out dancing or have a drink or something? Everyone's always down to do something as long as they're off of work. So it's been pretty cool to be able to meet so many people who aren't bogged down by the daily mundane day-to-day -day type of stuff and everyone's like ready to explore ready to experience the new place because we're all in a place for such a short amount of time that we do want to see and experience everything that we can yeah that's a good way to put that because there is a finite period of time and that kind of brings everybody together even if your time frames aren't the same and you're not on the same assignment necessarily but that is definitely a common bond it sounds like I also love that you mentioned that, yeah, whether you're introverted or not or feeling more introverted on any given day or any chapter of your life, that it kind of does have to be a conscious choice of like, what do you actually want? Like, do you want to lean into alone time and do you need that? And is that healing or are you lonely and do you need in-person connection? Because that does mean making new friends. And yeah, we don't always want to do that because sometimes I, I know specifically I grew up in the Northwest in Seattle and in the wintertime, it feels like everybody becomes really introverted. So I don't know if you're experiencing that at all or not, or if you have, but for me, I always felt a lot quieter in the wintertime. And yeah, sometimes it's good to lean into it. But if you want friends, yeah, you have to kind of push past that and then, you know, find your own ways where you're still comfortable, but still reach out to people. Do you have any tips for somebody who like wants to get started in travel nursing or thinks it would be a really cool career? 
I 100% think that you need to have the experience first before you do travel nursing because since you're a contracted nurse, the orientation process is really short and it's really scary. They literally ex expect you to have the knowledge and skills to be able to be dropped into any setting and to be able to handle it. So the only struggles they expect out of us is, oh, you just need help finding supplies. But as far as being able to handle any medical situation, you need to be able to do that. So they want to make sure that you have the knowledge and skills before you go into travel nursing. And I know a lot of people reach out to me all the time and want to do it straight out of school, which you can't. So most places want two years of experience and I just highly recommend the best way for you to be prepared for travel nursing is to be able to get into whatever specialty you want to get into and work two years minimum depending on what that is and then when you can take care of the sickest patient assignment in that time frame then that's when you're ready to go on to travel nursing because I think honestly it's really overwhelming to begin with to start a new job to move to a new place to do all these new things so having that foundation of a good knowledge and skills is honestly really really important because you're going to be anxious and overwhelmed by everything that you don't want to be second guessing your skills and your knowledge in nursing so I really think that's probably the best advice that I can give yeah that's great advice I'm glad that you said that I love like the intensity of you're like, yeah, you got to know your stuff to do travel nursing and kind of on the opposite end of that. I'm curious to hear about your off time in terms of just like your average daily, weekly, monthly schedule. How much time do you have off and what have you gotten to do when you're not at the hospital? Right now I'm working in an outpatient setting, so I work four out of five days and only eight hours, but in a hospital, most hospitals, you only work three days out of the week and then there are 12 hour shifts. So that means you have four days out of the week to explore and play, which is a lot of time. A lot of nurses, myself included, love to block their time. So work like the beginning of the week or the middle of the week, like just have all your days of work in a row so that on your off days, you have a stretch of time where you can go out and take, you know, weekend trips or longer trips even. It's probably one of the biggest perks to nursing in general is because you can take off so much time without actually taking vacation time, which is really great. You can kind of extend your time depending on the hospital and your scheduling. So I personally love to go outdoors and personally I love hiking and backpacking and being in Seattle is the best place to be for that. And so I, any second I can be outside and explore the beautiful Pacific Northwest, I will be doing that. So I can't be in a better place. And honestly, I feel so grateful to just be around so much fresh air and mountains and the water. There's just so many elements here in Washington that I've fallen in love with. So it makes it really hard to leave, which is why I haven't yet. <laughs> so ever since moving out to the West Coast, I just fall in love with nature so much more than I already have because it's not as accessible out in New York and it just isn't part of the culture to go outside and play and, you know, recreate outdoors. So I've definitely fallen in love and have such a deep passion for the outdoors now. I can totally hear that. And 
you know, as someone who moved away from Washington after living there for 27 years, sometimes I'm like, no, like I would never live there again. But hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like for backpacking and hiking, it's really hard to beat the Northwest. And one of my favorite things about Washington in particular, and you've probably done this by now, at least, uh, you know, at least once, if not a handful of times, but I love driving onto the ferry and going over to the Olympic Peninsula. There's so many good options for backpacking, hiking, kayaking like it's just such an incredible environment like you said for so many incredible things and there aren't many states that have a ferry system like Washington at least on the west coast it's the only one of its kind I'm, I know there are ferry systems on the east coast but it is really a standout of the country and something that I feel like everybody would benefit from doing if they were in Washington for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I've only been out to Bainbridge and I went to San Juan Island, but it's so close and like you said, super accessible and you could bring your car or you could walk on. What I love the most too is besides all the elements is that we're surrounded around national parks and incredible national forests and state parks and forests. You can have the greenery of the Olympics or you can go to the Cascades, whether that's north or south, and the Mount Rainier, everything is just, we're surrounded around it. I mean, I love the feeling of feeling small <laughs> around a really grand place. It's just so majestic to me, and I'm just so drawn to it. I'm just so eternally grateful to have the opportunity to live here and experience it firsthand. Sit tight. We'll be back to hear more from M after this. You know the brand Victorinox Swiss Army. They make the iconic red Swiss Army knife. You have it in your first aid kit, in your glove box, on your keychain, or in the camping kit you have packed up for last-minute weekend road trips. But did you know they also make best-in-class kitchen knives, luggage, fragrance, and Swiss-made watches? Founded in Switzerland in 1884 and still owned and operated by the same family who invented the Swiss Army knife over 130 years ago, the classic red Swiss Army knife is still as functional as it was back then. But now you can browse hundreds of styles, from the rescue tool designed with first responders to get out of a vehicle safely, to the wine master designed specifically to open a bottle of wine. Kitchen knives hold the same lifetime warranty as the Swiss Army knife. They're razor sharp out of the package and stay sharp, so you can worry about making your camp dinner, not sharpening your knives. They make watches that will take you from the office to the back road, too, with a style to suit every taste, and travel gear ranging from suitcases to backpacks for a quick weekend getaway or a week-long trip. Victorinox makes such a wide range of trusted products that you'll be able to find the perfect companion for your next adventure. Visit victorinox.com, and listeners now can save 15% using code WOMEN15. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-N-O-X.com and code WOMEN15 to save 15% now through December 31st. Some exclusions apply. I feel like burnout's just something that we don't talk about or even prepare for or learn how to recognize it or prevent it. We're back with them. And in learning about what's been important to her this past year, burnout came to the surface almost immediately. In talking with them, burnout seems to be something that doesn't get mentioned enough, but is all too common and somewhat normalized within nursing and other care-based careers. And by the time she addressed it, Emmett had burnout for a while, functioning well within her career, but knew she needed to confront it in order to continue on professionally. I asked her what the experience was like for her, and she had a lot of thoughts to share about how she identified it and addressed it head on. I didn't even learn or really get to experience burnout until I was in the profession. I pretty much felt it 
as early on as six months and I didn't even really get to pinpoint it until this summer. Um, four years after I started becoming a nurse, <laughs> which is pretty crazy to not have even realized it. And so I left New York at two and a half years of experience. And uh, when I started doing travel nursing, I absolutely loved it. But then I realized that I hadn't processed certain traumas from my experiences in New York. And in New York, the, the nursing laws and the nursing experience there, it, it isn't particularly as safe as it is out on the West Coast um, as far as patient care and also the support for nurses and Having gone to California, I was kind of spoiled because California nursing is like the golden standard for nursing across the United States. They're, they have protected laws that protect the nurses, such as um, patient-nurse ratios, because they care about both the nurse as well as the patient as far as what's safe and what's not. And out in the East Coast in New York, I didn't even realize what was unsafe and what wasn't until I left New York and realized like, oh, these situations that I had a small intuition feeling that was not safe, I didn't truly get to connect all the dots until I left New York. And I got to have a more objective view on it and say like, wow, that experience was not okay, or that time that I took care of that patient and had this situation, you know, all these things. And I've also noticed out on the West Coast, the providers are, they treat you like a person that's part of the team and everyone's an equal. Whereas on the East Coast, I don't know if it's an ego thing, which I've pretty much pinpointed, especially in certain places in New York. I worked with open heart surgery patients. And so after people get open heart surgeries, they come to me in an intensive care unit to recover. So I was taking care of some of the sickest patients in the hospital for four and a half years, basically. And so, you know, pretty high stress environment, everything from the surgeon down to the providers on the unit, to the nurses, to the staff, everyone's feeling that pressure because these patients are so sick. But I felt like there wasn't great camaraderie and also, I guess, like just support for the nurses because everything was just standardized, like, oh, this is really hard work. And if you were to say that you know, you're overworked or that you need help, that was kind of viewed as a weakness, especially in the intensive care unit where you have such strong personalities and, you know, you have to have like a tough skin to do it and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm very tough. I've been able to, you know, deal with a lot of difficult situations, but that is kind of normalized in the intensive care unit and also in nursing that you have to have this tough skin and that, you know, the traumas that we experience day to day is normalized. And I feel like we don't even have time to process the death of a patient or the challenges of being there for their family members and their loved ones. Sickness kind of radiates amongst not just the patient, but to, you know, their entire support system. So you're taking on the responsibility of the patient as well as all their loved ones. So that's pretty heavy. And I think there isn't enough conversation and support for us because I'm going to get a little bit emotional, but to take on the life of people who are sick is a big responsibility. And it's a huge honor to do it day in and day out. But I don't think I or healthcare providers in general are taught to take care of ourselves because we're so used to taking care and assuming the role of a caretaker as our profession. And so I don't think we were taught the tools or the skills to be able to put ourselves first and to be able to rejuvenate ourselves 
and come back refreshed because, you know, we all go into this profession wanting to help other people, but I think I realized that I needed to step away because I was starting to feel frustration and stress and resentment towards my patients, towards the profession, and I was at a point where I was telling myself and questioning whether I even wanted to be a nurse anymore, and I went into this to be able to save lives and to touch humanity, basically, because I personally have had experiences of sick family members and loved ones, and so I can connect with patients and their family members on that deeper level because I've been in their shoes. So when I made the decision to step away from nursing, I was feeling so guilty about it because nobody ever really talks about me burnt out or the traumas that we never heal, and it just became so much, and I felt like I felt like I was the only person experiencing this, but then when I became more and more vocal about it on social media, it opened this huge door and opportunity for other people to admit that feeling that we've kind of been shamed to not feel or admit, and, you know, I, I feel really proud of myself to be able to step away from this profession that I've, like, poured my heart into, and... I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to touch lives every single day. But at the same time, I also realize that it can't be coming from a detriment to my own health and well-being. So I really think that taking the time to heal my traumas and realize, you know, like this was okay or I should have spoken up at this time for myself and my patients and that, you know, I think... As with anything, with age and experience comes your voice. I didn't have that voice as a new grad. I didn't know what was wrong and what was not. So I'm proud of the, the person I've become and the nurse that I've become through all these experiences. But if I could help encourage, you know, new people entering the profession to be able to recognize and also prevent burnout and also to take care of themselves, I think that... The general public and also in nursing school, they teach you that, you know, you're a hero or you're an angel sent from the heavens. And that, that kind of puts us up on a pedestal and makes us feel like we have to be superhuman, which I mean, I'll admit every day I try to be superhuman, but at the end of the day, I'm still human and I have to honor and respect and be super gentle to myself because of that. So I'm really, really passionate about this and I feel like... My burnout story has been so empowering to step into because this so-called weakness that some people can view my story as is actually one of my strengths because I've been able to really heal and be gentle to myself and now I know how to recognize before I'm actually burnt out and say like, okay, I will admit I am a workaholic, but now I know how to find that fine balance to be able to have sustainable work environments and work ethics, basically. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all that and like so openly and I uh, yeah, at first, I just want to like honor that like you carry this story with like so much passion and like grace and also authenticity that that was just like very touching. And so thank you for for sharing that. And I guess I'm curious, like, 
for people out there who might be, whether they're in the profession of nursing or just people who work really hard in general, and especially in caretaking type roles. And like you said, women in general in any field and in any role in life often end up veering more towards the caretaker, but then especially in a field where you're a professional caretaker at the highest level. How do you recognize some of those signs of burnout? At least what did that look like for you? And how do you look at it now for more of a preventative point of view as well? When I started feeling frustrated or overwhelmed or stressed out from the job, I started projecting that anger and resentment onto my patients, onto staff, onto my coworkers, and and then I would bring it home and project that onto my friends and family. And I think now in retrospect, having been able to recognize those signs and symptoms, I feel like it's so important and we don't even realize Like, I feel like you have to have that intention to recognize those symptoms because like being snappy is not okay. Being, I feel like sometimes we have kind of a crude sense of humor too as nurses and healthcare providers. And sometimes that comes from a place of hurt too. You know, I think it's great to be able to joke and everything, but sometimes that's coming from a place of, oh, I need help or I'm not okay. And we just hide it behind humor. And so, yeah, I feel like, honestly, it was just the projection onto my patients, you know, something as little as them saying like, oh, can you help me do this? Or maybe I have a a little bit needier of a patient. I would like be rolling my eyes or feel so frustrated, but then have to take a step back and say like, okay, I need to put myself in their shoes because they're the ones that are sick and coming to the hospital and I'm the healthy one who gets to take care of that patient and it is a huge privilege to do that and so I had to consciously realize when I'm having those moments of humanness that okay I think I'm feeling a little bit burnt out or maybe you know I'm not taking care of myself whether that's eating well or sleeping well or you know going outside on days off to refuel myself and so when I start to recognize those tiny little thoughts and feelings that I have I feel like that's a great way to pinpoint okay that's when you really need to hone in on the self-care and the self-love. On the day-to-day what does self-care look like for you now? Self-care for me comes down to routines because especially when you're moving around so much and everything's such a big variable in my life. I feel like setting routines such as like my morning routines and my night routines and like non-negotiables is really how I function in my day. So like in the morning, I don't even look at my phone until I get to work or for at least the first hour and I'll journal in the morning. I write down my gratitudes and it just puts me in a good perspective in life to be like, wow, I have so much in my life that no matter what challenges I face today, I have so much in my life and I'm so grateful and to just like sit in that moment of gratitude in the morning sets the stage for your entire day. And then I also meditate. I'm not super consistent with meditating, but at least I sit in silence at least for five minutes and kind of just like tune into my body because I feel like it's so easy to just like roll out of bed, go on your phone, get distracted by a thousand and one things, but not really sit with like, okay, well, how am I feeling today? Because I feel like we ask everybody and their moms that, but we will never ask ourselves that and really check in with ourselves. So definitely just having that time to myself has really helped with 
taking care of myself. And then also at nighttime, I tend to not be on my phone for the last hour. And then exercise is a huge pillar for me. I feel like moving my body, whether that's at the gym or climbing or going on a hike, really helps with mental clarity. So those are some ways that I take care of myself. M also took one long break this summer, for about three months in fact, that she intentionally carved out for herself to reflect, recover, and of course, do a little bit of traveling. I was actually planning to go to the end of 2019 until basically now, but financially that was really difficult. So my first trip, I had planned all this stuff for my time off. I was only planning to take about a month and a half off, but then when I decided to take time off from nursing, I didn't want to put a time cap as far as like, okay, you need to move through your burnout at the certain amount of time. I was kind of just going to leave it up in the air and say like, however you feel, you'll know when you're ready to go back to work. And so the first trip I had planned was to go to Banff and Jasper National Park in Canada with my family. And also I did a huge backpacking trip up there. I backpacked Mount Robson, which is the highest peak in the Canadian Rockies, and it was absolutely beautiful. And so I backpacked for three days and two nights with a friend. And then my family flew out to meet me. So my brother and my parents flew out and then we road tripped from Banff all the way up to Jasper and then back down for a week. So that was just an incredible trip. It's been like a huge bucket list trip that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it was really special because I was able to experience it on my own and also share it with my family. And that's honestly the best way that I like to travel. <laughs> so I did that. And then I actually booked a last minute trip to San Francisco and I got my wilderness first responder certification in San Francisco, which I had planned on doing in the next couple months to a year and then I just happened to go on the website and I looked at there was a course and I was off so I was like well might as well just take advantage of doing that so got my first responder and I'm actually going to be planning backpacking trips for nurses next summer so it just worked out perfectly and then I returned to Seattle and I spent a month here and I just Honestly, by the time I was in San Francisco, I was kind of tired of moving around because I had flown from Seattle to New York, back out to Canada, and then back to San Francisco. It was just a lot of travel. And so I was ready to just like decompress and actually do a lot of the inner work from the burnout or for the burnout in that month. So I kind of just took care of myself, got into a routine and just like did normal everyday stuff and just enjoyed the outdoors and things like that. And then I had to fly back for a wedding in New York that I was in. So, and then I flew back out to Seattle. So it's been a lot of travel. I did want to do more international travel, but it's really expensive to live here in the United States. So financially, I felt like I should go back to work, but I wasn't ready to go back to the hospital setting quite yet. And I still don't know if I'm fully ready to step back into that arena. So I picked up a travel nursing job in a clinic and ambulatory surgery procedural center, which is a good in-between because we're busy, but we're not in such an acute environment. So I feel like it's been helping a lot with my burnout and I'm still touching lives and helping people every single day. So I feel like I've been able to connect with why I became a nurse, which is so, so, so healing. I love that you made the discernment between, okay, I took some time to really like take advantage of the time off, 
but I still needed to get into a routine and do that real self-care in order to start that process of really healing myself and addressing the burnout because I think a lot of people look at travel as a form of healing, which it totally can be, but where I think a lot of times we use vacation and and travel and fun experiences as kind of a way to cover up all of those feelings and we don't actually start doing the work, like you said, to really heal from that. And then also just making the career move too, which I feel like is such a self-aware and like a good check on your ego also. Um, like <laughs> I don't I don't know you that well, but I, I feel like for me anywhere it'd be a good check on my ego to be like, okay, I'm gonna try something else that's maybe like a little bit more low-key, but is gonna allow me to keep healing and connect with my purpose and I just think that that all took a lot of like internal strength and self-awareness to like use that time to actually heal from your burnout instead of just have fun you kind of did everything and that's really cool to me what I've realized from my travel nursing journey to like the point of when I was taking my nursing sabbatical is what I call it (laughs) is that in some sense I was so ready to do travel nursing because I was so burnt out from nursing in New York that I dived into all these adventures and this new journey and lifestyle. But then, yeah, I was masking my burnout and my trauma with all the adventures that I was having. And I think, honestly, I'm definitely not the only one who does that. It's just so easy to be like, well, I'm just going to have a good time. And then, you know, everything will just fix itself. And I always say too, if you don't feel now, you feel later. It never goes away, (laughs) whatever you're not facing. So I absolutely 100% agree with that. And I also want to touch upon the fact that you said having that self-awareness to kind of like pivot and make career changes. I think to even get to that point, just takes so much courage because, you know, I stepped away from one of the most hardcore, as people say, specialties in nursing. And I'm like, very well respected. I have like really good training and skills and knowledge. And I was really scared to step away because, you know, people highly regard me as a nurse. And I was like, well, what are people going to think if I go to the other side of the spectrum and do something way less stressful doesn't take as much critical thinking, you know, what were people going to say and talk about? And I just had to realize it doesn't matter what other people say because it wasn't serving me anymore. And I really had to tune in with like, okay, you just have to like push past all that ego stuff and not care about what other people were going to think because what I was doing at that moment and being in the intensive care unit that wasn't serving me anymore and I feel like a lot of times we're scared to like leap and make a change because of what other people were going to say you know whether that's friends or family or co-workers and honestly just turn inward because usually you know what's best for you you know the answers it's just really hard not to be swayed or feel like you're going to be judged by other people yeah definitely I'd love to ask you a little bit about the backpacking trips you're planning for nurses. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that and what you're excited about for it? I fell in love with backpacking for the first time last September, and I had met a nurse at my first hospital who now I call Soul Sister, and she introduced me to backpacking, which is always something that I've wanted to do, and I've only done car camping. As someone who lived in New York, that was the only type of outdoors camping that I have done. And then it wasn't until I moved to California that people were telling me that there's car camping and then there's backpacking. (laughs) And I was like, oh, 
okay, cool. You know, I've like seen pictures of people carrying their huge packs, but it was really daunting, especially as a woman going into a space of the unknown in the outdoors and like really like having everything that you needed on your back and being in the complete wilderness was just really daunting. And so when I met this other nurse, she was like, hey, I have an extra spot. Like, why don't you come with me? And I was just so hooked after that experience. We had gone to Mammoth Lakes in California and it was just out of this world, incredible, just so grounding. And it's so hard to completely describe the experience, but you just felt so in tuned with yourself, so in tuned with nature and like, and the people you're with and all the other distractions and things like that just fell by the wayside. And like the problems that you had didn't even matter anymore. You had the actual space and also the mind space to actually work through things that were confusing you or frustrating you. You like actually had that like moment of silence and stillness in nature and I just absolutely loved it and I just fell in love with it. And when I moved to Washington, I went backpacking a lot this summer and I actually went to the enchantments. I got last minute permits to enchantments. I was super lucky <laughs> and absolutely loved it. And I actually spent one night by myself in the enchantments, which was very scary. I've never done that before. I spent one night in the backcountry by myself, but it ended up being fine. And I had one of the lakes in the enchantments all to myself. It was beautiful. And I just had this crazy idea that being in the outdoors and backpacking is one of my forms of therapy. And from social media, you know, I always post when I'm going backpacking or hiking and lots of nurses have reached out to me saying like, oh, like, how did you get into it? How do you do it? And just all these like beginner questions. And I still consider myself, I mean, I would say I'm kind of a beginner but also decently experienced because I've really just like dived into it and so I figured it's been such a huge point of rejuvenation and self-care activity for myself that it'd be really cool to be able to expose other nurses to the outdoors who have never been outside whether it's because it's not accessible or if it's just not an activity that they're used to doing and to I feel like every time I leave a backpacking trip I just feel so grounded and also accomplished because you, you know, lots of sweat, <laughs> lots of, I haven't cried on a trip yet, not from the physical work, but it's just so amazing to just get outside and to have everything on your back. It's just such an accomplishing feeling when you get to be outdoors and, you know, you make your home, you make your meals. And like the only thing you have to do is to hike and walk basically to point A to point B. You make camp, you just experience the place that you're in and experience the company that you're with. And life is just so simple. And I feel like nowadays when we're in such a distracted and busy world it's so hard to get those times of just simplicity i really think that's one of the reasons why i love going to backcountry so i'm really excited i'm planning two trips in july and august here in washington and i'm planning to take 10 other nurses both times and I have another co-lead with me but I'm just really excited because a lot of people who have expressed interest have never really been backpacking or even camping so it's going to be such an honor to just expose people to the great outdoors. Signups for M's trips will be launching near the end of January and there are 20 spots available but they're expected to fill up fast so if you're a nurse and are interested in backpacking in the Pacific Northwest make sure to find M on social media. We'll link her handle in our show notes so you can get on the list to be among the first notified.
As we wrapped up our call, Em shared some advice for anyone out there looking to reconnect with what they truly need when they're feeling stuck. Honestly, I'm so grateful for travel nursing because if I didn't move away from home, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to have like physical and mental space to be able to even like sit with my own thoughts and feelings because I almost feel like when we're surrounded around our friends and families and people who know us so well, they, you know, project their hopes and wishes and judgments onto us and it almost doesn't allow us to expand on and explore our internal dialogue that we have and like our wishes and dreams and anyone who's stuck or in like a weird limbo space like totally been there many many times it's gonna continue happening but I almost feel like the best thing you can do as scary and terrifying as it is because I sat in just like complete terror for three months when I took my nursing sabbatical is like being able to really spend time with your thoughts and feelings is so empowering to actually come to terms and also just recognize that some of those thoughts and feelings aren't you too. I think sometimes when we have scary thoughts and feelings, you know, we almost mask turning into our intuition and our internal guide because it's just easier to be swayed by someone else's perspective and opinions on whatever we should be doing. When you know the answer to whatever questions you have, it's just sometimes scary to get yourself to that point or to face whatever facts or opinions to whatever issues or problems or challenges that you're having. I feel like honestly taking that time off and having that space from people that have known me for my entire life has really helped strengthen my inner intuition my guide my compass whatever you want to say that it is and i'm so much more confident in how i feel and recognizing that okay i know what's right for me even if it's not right for my friends and my family but at the end of the day like i have to take care of myself and i have to be at peace with whatever decisions i make for my life and my career and that's been honestly the greatest gift of taking this time off is really realizing and recognizing and being able to like serve yourself i think that's so hard for us to do thanks so much to m chang for her time and for sharing your passion in this episode if you'd like to learn more about M and see what it's like to be a travel nurse, you can find her on Instagram at explorin underscore M Chang. That's E-X-P-L-O-R-N underscore E-M-C-H-E-N-G. We'll link it in our show notes and tag it on social media so it's easy to find. This is actually our last episode of the year, so you won't be hearing from us much until 2020, at least not on the air. But don't worry, we'll be back in your podcast feed before you know it. In the meantime, catch up with episodes from 2019 you might not have gotten to hear yet. And if you're wanting to interact with more of this amazing community, make sure to find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Women on the Road and on Facebook, including our Facebook group for community questions, stories, and support, which you can find by searching for Women on the Road Podcast. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show, something free that you can always do that we love is having you leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, leave a review there. We would love to hear from you. It helps other listeners find us, and honestly, it's good for our self-esteem. Thanks again to our sponsor of this episode, Victorinox. Music is by Jason Shaw and Josh Woodward. Women on the Road is a production of Ravel Creative. Until 2020, we'll see you out there.